Karen Sanchez, and you're listening to Data, De Aquí y De Allá, a weekly podcast where individuals championing our communities become a collective of healing through storytelling, a true team effort. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll continue to tune in. Listeners, welcome back to another episode of Data de Aquí de Allá. Uh, today, my guest is someone very special. As you all know, pugs are very near and dear to my heart. And today with us is Jennifer Medina. Her pronouns are hey. she and her. Jennifer, welcome. Welcome to Data. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. We already kikied a little bit um, a couple of weeks ago, and I am a little obsessed with my pugs, as I know you are. So I'm ready yes. to dive right in, and I'll give the listeners a little background of of how we met. So um, I actually okay. became familiar with Pug Nation LA, the org where you're a board member at. Um, I would say about five, six years ago when one of my colleagues um, decided to adopt a senior pug. Um, so I've been aware of Pug Nation for some time. Um, and I, in the spur of a moment, went on your website and kind of perused who the team was. And I saw your name and I saw your face and I had that connection. I was like, I feel <laughs> like there's some kind of magic <laughs> <laughs> that we share <laughs> and then lo and behold i get to connect with you i, I called i connect with you and i find out that you are also salvadoreña like me so bonus yes, I <laughs> <laughs> bonus bonus for me because that is all, always a little something special i think to have that connection so um can you um tell me a little bit about your connection to el salvador Yes. Um, vengo de padres salvadoreños. Um, so my parents immigrated to this country in the late 70s, um, early 80s. Um, come and behold, they met each other here and created me. And so yeah, thanks, parents. Uh, yeah, thank you, dad, mom and dad. Um, so it was just kind of that's how it happened. And then I remember going to my first trip to El Salvador and it was like the best trip ever. And I have been going since I was five years old. So I've always had a great connection to El Salvador. Um, I love it there. Um, I dream of the day if I could ever retire there, I could, I would. Oh, so. Same, same. It's, it's <laughs> one of my dreams as well. The, I think going back to the motherland and just spending my golden years there would be the ideal situation. So we'll see. Maybe we'll be neighbors. <laughs> With our pugs. <laughs> With our, but imagine what a dream world. <laughs> exactly. So you are a board member over at Pug Nation LA. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with the org? Yes. So, um, well, I'll rewind a little bit before that. So, um, probably around 2005, I got into, into pugs. I got into pugs and I, unfortunately at that time, I didn't know that you could rescue dogs. So I actually, I'm from the Valley, the San Fernando Valley. So the closest pet shop was in uh, Northridge and I bought my first pug there and I fell in love with it. Um, so then fast forward, I got her fixed because I knew that that wasn't the life that I wanted her to have was breeding her. Um, and then we had the one pug and I wanted another dog and I was married at the time. And my husband's like, well, I'm sure there's some type of pug rescue out there. 
why don't you just go online and look for it and volunteer? (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I did, and I didn't hear back from anybody. And I was kind of like sad because I was like, Hmm, I wonder. So I emailed them again. And then the next day they're like, Oh, there's a volunteer orientation tomorrow. Why don't you come over and you can come and see the facility and see if you're, you're interested in volunteering for us. And I did. And that was around, I want to say 2012. Um, Pugnation had not been open very long. Um, at that time, they had maybe two employees, a few dogs. And I remember at my orientation, there was only three of us. Um, and I loved it. I fell in love that I don't, uh, the big logo there with Pug Nation. And it just drew me in I, to see all these dogs and they needed us. Um, how could I not? I said, let's do this. And um, I signed up. Uh, I started going. The location is um, in Gardena. At that time, it was in Gardena. And I started going there. But it became a little bit hard. Um, it was about a, an hour commute from Sherman Oaks to Gardena. So at that time, I went to the board member and I said, is there any other way I could volunteer that would be closer to me? She's like, yes. You, why don't you reach out to the community um, going to our adoption events? And the closest one to you is in West Hollywood, which is what we're known for is going to tail waggers. Um, mm. And you can have help set up there. There's two or three board members that show up. They'll guide you. And there's other volunteers that will go and you're more than welcome. And I said, yes, let me give that a try. And I loved it. It was totally being within my community and just saying, here's this dog that really needs a home. You know, and you, you walk with them, you see the people are so pumped. And to actually see a dog go home is the best feeling ever. Um, some of these dogs come from terrible backgrounds. Some, maybe they're, you know, older, older um, owners and they pass away. They lose everything they've ever known. And really to see them finally get their forever home is truly an amazing feeling. Um, so that's actually how I got into the volunteering process. Very cool. So you started off as a volunteer and then you graduated to board member. How does that happen? So, um, so as that went on, um, I remember getting, um, going on Facebook and seeing, um, a post about, um, that if anybody could help with the volunteer program and, um, I went to the facility and there's three volunteers and they're like, Oh, here, um, we, we want to give you the um, list of all the volunteers and you kind of just take it on. And we did, we took it on and fast forward from that. Um, I remember getting an email from Gwen and saying, um, you know, we're, we're interested in, in, in expanding our board members and maybe you'd be interested. And if you are, we'd like to interview you. And that was around 2006 or so. Um, and that behold that's how i became a board member i just had fun with it and and i worked hard and i went to all the events and we handled the volunteer orientation program and became a board member that's awesome congratulations that's that's huge and can you tell us a little bit about what pug nation does 
Yes. So pug nation, the whole motto is we will never say no to any pug, um, no matter what age, what condition we find it in. If we can offer it a, for a home, even a forever home, when we mean even if nobody adopts it, we will never euthanize a pug. He or she will live out its life at our facility. Um, so we go out within, we've expanded. Um, I'm not sure if you're ever familiar with Central Coast Pug Rescue or Las Vegas Rescue. Um, they actually folded. So we've actually expanded mm -hmm. to that area as well. Um, we've also partnered with South Korean Pug Rescue. And we also familiar were, with them, yes. Yeah. And then we've also partnered with an independent Mexican uh, um, rescuer. So we're taking pugs from all over. And we take them into our facility. Um, if they come from shelter, we quarantine them for 14 days in hopes that they won't spread any diseases to the, our other, other pugs. Um, if they come from private owners, then they'll, they'll stay into the facility. We take them to our vet. We give them the medical care that they need. And then we place them into homes. So there's a process that goes into um, adoption, which requires uh, an application. You can either fill that out online. Um, when we did have adoption events, you were welcome to fill out an application paper. Um, and then you are then set up with a home checker. Um, now, during this time, during the pandemic, you would have a Zoom or Skype or FaceTime type of house check. You, you, back then, it seems so back then, uh, a board member or a volunteer would come to your house. And it was a quick kind of look. And you get a small interview and just ask you basic questions of what is expected of a, you know, an adopter. We wanted to basically see that the house was a safe environment for the pugs that we have rescued and that they were going to live out their life in a safe environment with you. And then depending on what uh, pug you were interested, then there is an adoption fee. And that goes into, like, if you want a six-month-old puppy pug, that was $500. And then it tears into different levels from there. And also pug mixes also have their own tier. Um, and once that's completed, you fill it, you sign the agreement and you get to take a pug home. You've rescued the a dream. pug. <laughs> <laughs> the dream. Yeah. I love that. What, what are some, what's some advice you would give to someone who's never had a pug before? What's the best way to be the best pug pet guardian? When we were chatting earlier, I, I remember telling you, you were telling me all the wonder, all the stuff that you tell people. And I thought, my God, you should come and volunteer for us. I'm an ambassador for pugs. <laughs> so I always tell people, pugs are not a low maintenance dog. Um, they require a lot of care. Um, their expenses can be high. And some people have a misconception that they are allergy-friendly dogs and they don't shed. Um, I think that I, I like to, we as an organization like to be very upfront with what the pug requirements or what their needs are. Um, pugs tend to have a lot of skin issues, eye issues. Um, some tend to have a hind leg issue, back issues. Um, so I think if whoever, if you've never had a pug, do your research. Um, come to us. You can email us. You can 
we will gladly give you any information you need. If you have a friend like Karen who has a pug, ask, <laughs> ask her uh, what, what uh, is her experience with pugs. Um, most likely with pugs, you'll have to provide um, eye medication for life. That's usually what I tell people. Um, food, um, they tend to eat everything in sight. So, uh, you've got to be careful with, I always recommend a good quality food. Um, I always suggest, think about us. If we were to eat McDonald's every day, how that would affect us, our whole body. So think of how, try to eat a nice balanced meal. And that's the same thing I suggest for the dogs, a nice balanced meal for them. Um, they, again, they overeat. So we've had pugs come in 50 pounds because owners will leave food out not knowing that they eat everything and all of it and if you keep on providing more meals they'll just continue continue to eat so i would say just do your research be very alert and, and aware of what it comes to down to pugs yes i'm so glad you said that the that pugs actually are low maintenance because I actually am guilty of um, getting my first pug thinking, oh, she's going to sleep for 20 hours a day. I'm just going to get a little snuggle buddy. Because when I looked online, they were like, yeah, they're low maintenance. They sleep a lot. And I was like, that's all I want. I want a little buddy to hang out with me all day. But yeah, she as as much as one of my two pugs is uh, actually they both sleep quite a bit around I would say more than half the day. Um, but Banjo in particular, she loves to run around and play and brings me a toy and wants to chase and then Rocket, she's more mellow and just wants to relax to the max. Uh, but yeah, they they each have their own issues. Like one has, they both have ear issues. One has eye issues. Banjo's, they both have allergies. So yeah, the, <laughs> the vet bills add up. And whenever I post them online, people get really excited and I love sharing images and little videos of them. And every now and again, I'll get someone saying like, Oh, I've been wanting to get a pug. And then mm -hmm. I say, okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I remember doing an event in uh, Woodland Hills. I'm not sure uh, if you uh, or, or the listeners are familiar with um, NKLA or it's an um, organization with best friends huge organization um and we all come together as rescuers and we try and we do a super adoption event in hopes that a lot of dogs cats rabbits birds find home and i remember i had a girl come up to me and she said to me i've always wanted a pug but i have allergies but i don't care i want a pug and i said i I don't think it'll work out for you um she goes because i don't like hair she said and i said oh well pug shit a lot all year quite, round quite a bit <laughs> and she looked like i had broken her heart but to think that if she i would have said oh yeah take this dog home it's okay it's a home and then she would have returned it to think what the heartbreak that pug would have gone through yeah. knowing that he lost he or she lost a home again so it's it's very important to be upfront with a potential adopters what is expected and requ pugs required do require quite a, a lot and but the outcome is wonderful it really is and actually um one of these individuals in particular who loves seeing photos of the pugs online um i mentioned to her I was like as soon as things open up 
you're more than welcome to puppy sit them for a day or for a couple of days, maybe one, maybe two, whatever you feel comfortable with. So then that way you can kind of get an idea of what it's like to have a pup in the house. But also I will show you copies of my vet bills (laughs) (laughs) so you can see what kind of financial commitment you are looking at because it's, it's definitely no small feat and like I mentioned to you before um, we started recording one, actually one of the times I cried this year was because of a populated cry fest because it really, they really are part of our family and they are, and I care for them so much and I just want to make sure that they're happy and healthy and that's all I want. And if at any point they look like they have some kind of discomfort, they're scratching, they're like lethargic, they're not eating or something like it affects me. I'm like, what can I do for you? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yes. And then you take them to the vet in hopes that you find that answer and you walk about thousand dollars later. But yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I, you know, uh, what was it? Not the summer. It must have been last summer, actually, where um, we found some like blood droplets in Banjo's urine. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I've never seen that before because every now and again, she'll go on her pad. And then, you know, fast mm-hmm. forward after X-ray later, all these other tests, it was like six hundred dollars. And it turns yeah. out it was a UTI. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> I know, ah. I know. <laughs> Exactly. So, but now but, we have a cute but, X-ray of her little body. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it so. just it's it comes with the territory, and I think um, you just need to be prepared before entering the adoption phase. Just make sure you understand that there is a financial part that comes along with adopting a pug. That if you're financially able to do that, great. Um, because we have also gone a. a uh, surrenders that they're like we just financially cannot afford the care that they need and it breaks their heart but to actually say you know i can't do this anymore for finances and it's such the hard to see these dogs in so much pain and you know it's just an ltlc with a little credit card of course but you know yeah. it, it's what they need so it's very important to know that And one thing I also let individuals know that want to adopt pets is that make sure that you either can take them to work with you or like you have someone at home that works from home because they really Mm -hmm. are little Velcros. They just want to be (laughs) next to you and snuggle and know where you are at all times. And I think if, if someone's planning on leaving their dog home for like eight, 10 hours a day, it's probably not an ideal scenario. These are definitely not those type of dogs. They, they get very emotionally attached and, you know, it's, it's a huge commitment. And in the past, people have reached out to me and said, Oh, like my little girl wants a, wants a little pug or this. I don't know Mm -hmm. if they make the best dogs for children. What are your thoughts? You know, I think that if they're okay, dogs for children, um, wouldn't be my first choice of a dog for a, a kid only because especially if they're younger um also the the pugs have their eyes that stick out and you know kids like grabbing and touching everything and i would hate for you know by an accident something were to be damaged or something like that again we're talking about money right that would cost yeah. a horrendous amount of money um i think that maybe a pug would come along when maybe your kids are 
maybe in their teenage years. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And and to that same point, uh, we've actually had an accidental ice crash between both pugs. And then before Mm -hmm. when we had a terrier um, pup, like she also had her ice crash and then getting that tested and having like the special droplets that they put in there. Oh, yeah. I feel like I definitely am an ambassador for like tackling at this point. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. I've gone through many cornea stains and all that stuff. Uh, It's absolutely. Yeah. It's it's insane. The amount of money. But uh, again, I have a 16 year old pug. She's sleeping. I won't even disturb her. But she (laughs) she is what has got me in through this whole organization. I love her and I'll forever be in debt for her. And she's brought me so much joy and and uh, the day she decides to cross the rainbow bridge i'll just tell her i did all of this for you we are going to take a little break to talk about henry masks henry mask is black owned and made in la they are generously giving data listeners a special discount offer for 20 percent off your first purchase of their masks by using promo code sharefresh that's s-h-a-r-e-f-r-e-s-h you too can keep COVID out and keep all your swaggy in. Plus, they're machine washable. The masks come in four packs for both adults and kids. And in even more fantastic news, with every purchase of a travel mask, they are donating a free mask to a healthcare professional on the front lines and to families in need. I have been exclusively wearing them since May after trying a couple of different masks that were either too snug or irritated my ears. Highly recommend, been a user for months, and I have a mask to go with every one of my outfits. So find all the details on our show notes and we'll get back to the show. How has COVID affected the adoption process or rate at this point? We're, we're rounding in on a solid year of being under official kind of covid quarantine um have are you finding that more people want to adopt to have someone at home because I, I i have heard in the news that some shelters have actually um ran out of dogs <laughs> yeah so as for for some reason um we always get pugs i mean it's just the way it goes with us mm-hmm. so on sunday uh we, i called and they have 36 pugs right now at the wow. facility um and that's actually not too high for us we've been Mm. up as as close to 50 as well so right now during covid um people have been our home so they have been interested in fostering and adopting so that uh, the process has been steady for us they are finding homes still but the same way we're getting them out they're coming right in Mm, i see is there something that has surprised you about being part of an org that you didn't think of before joining? Oh, well, I, well, I, before I never even fathomed thinking about rescuing a dog. Um, so it surprised me that, that there's so many people out there willing to open their hearts and their homes and, and, and volunteer their time to these little animals that just need us and, and want our love even when you go and volunteer and you sit down in the pens with them, you have this storm of pugs coming at you. And that is unconditional love. Truly it is. And that surprises me that uh, there's still people that are, are, that give them up, but yet there's still people that want to help. Yeah. That's super neat. Yeah. I, 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 my heart breaks for individuals who have to give up their dog and they absolutely don't, you know, don't want to. 
Um, and, and you brought up a good point too, like um, in terms of pups who come into your your org because their owners pass away, right? That's actually mm-hmm. something that I, I talked to uh, my partner about quite a bit. I'm like, you know, God is forbid something happens to us. Like we need something in writing that says, <laughs> right. this is where these pups go and this is who takes them. Right. And I kind of ha- half jokingly have asked a couple of friends and like um, a couple of family members, but is what, what would be your advice in a situation like that? Because I know it, it's a little bit of a dark subject, but right. it's definitely worth, worth talking about, especially when, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> and, and, and yeah. And we want to be responsible pet guardians. I would definitely have a conversation with either a family member or a friend and just say, hey, if something were to happen to me, um, do you think you could be responsible for Cassie? That's one of my pugs or Francesca or Nala. I have four dogs. So, you know, I have to think of four. Um you think you can? Um, in my mind, I I know who I would leave them to. And I've had a conversation with my parents and they would take my older pug. Um, and the other two, I would most likely, or three, I would say, I, I would re- probably have a conversation with Pug Nation and take Cassie, which is behind here. She's special needs. And the other two, I most likely would leave to my brother um, and my sister-in-law. But that is some, uh, something I have given serious thought because it does break my heart to know that where in the middle of limbo would my dogs be um, if something were to happen to both of us. Um, So yes, I would say have a conversation with a family member or friend. Can you do this? Uh, Can you, you know, bring up the finances? Are you able to leave a little stash for them? Say, Hey, could, you know, if, this can this cover you for two years, three years? I don't know how old your pug would be, or you know, talk about those things. Or can you financially take on if I something were to happen to me? Awesome. I'm I'm glad that we're talking about this because I think it's so important. People get so excited about adopting a dog, and in our conscious that it's a lifelong commitment, but not just their life, but also your life. So oh it's, yeah, two way street. It's really important to discuss. Um. What are the best ways to support an organization like Pug Nation? Oh, well, the best way is obviously volunteering. Um, we are in desperate need sometimes of help, um, manpower, sometimes lifting some heavy stuff for us at, a, at adoption events or huge or huge super adoption events. Um, and if you can't do that, there's always adoption. You can always adopt or foster one of our special needs dogs or, or just a senior dog too sometimes we have seniors that just need a foster and then there's donations that's also a big big support for us um annually we have uh, our pugtacular spooktacular event that's back there that is also something 100 percent of the proceeds go back to the pugs so everything that we do 100 percent goes back to the pugs Awesome. That's so neat. And I do follow the Pug Nation account online and I love seeing the stories of the pups that are coming in and getting help and then getting adopted. It's mm-hmm. it's so exciting to see both parts. Like I of course I wish these pups weren't under these circumstances that they had to be 
release to pugnation but it's also so heartwarming to know that now they're in good hands and then seeing the photos of that pug or another pug going to a forever home so it's a really great org and and i'm so glad you're you and your team are doing this work because i think it's amazing and so needed and um personally in addition to knowing that these pups sleep quite a bit that was one of the (laughs) deciding factors for me i actually like you bought my first pug and i bought a black coat pug because i remember hearing years ago that actually um dogs with black fur get adopted less and usually in shelters like maybe they'll even add like a little bandana just to make them a little more approachable and people get more excited to see them so i said to myself i was like self next dog i get or like technically my first official dog is it's going to be a black coat dog because i want to make sure that i give this dog the best life ever but um my second pup rocket she actually um was adopted from um a friend of a friend and she came with a lot of anxiety and ear issues and eye issues and it took us almost a whole year to kind of like get her back into like a normal feeling kind of weight and lifestyle she was no longer like skittish and like hiding from Mm -hmm. us like it took a long time but it was absolutely worth it um so those are my two pups banjo and rocket um six and seven please tell me about (laughs) your pups they're so cute all right so who's who who? (laughs) okay so i have a 16 well january 9th i always say if she makes it because uh she's she's walking pretty slow but she's she looks very good for being 16 she's Um, a capricorn she'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) so she's uh francesca my first pug um 16 then i uh, in the middle of my volunteering i um came across this black pug in a wheelchair and i happens to be right there and I, I fell in love with her and um, she's about 13 now. We adopted her when she was about maybe eight or nine. Um, and I told my husband, there's this little cute black pug in a wheelchair. <laughs> and, and I remember Gwen saying, well, she, she needs to be expressed. And I'm like, oh, well, what's that? And she was just like, oh, well, you have to manually help her release her urine and you have to stimulate to get poop out. And I thought, I can do that. No problem. I can help her. I, and she, Gwen said to me, I remember, well, if you can't, you can, you know, you can bring her back. Right. And I said, okay. So I remember that first night, it, it was interesting to say the least with her. Um, but my husband said, he grabbed me because it was four in the morning and it was, I had to be at work the next morning. It was later that morning. And he said, remember, Jennifer, we promised Cassie, we are pushing through this. And I said, okay, we're pushing through this. And five years later, she's still with us. Um, and then, um, well, in the middle of that, we lost one of our chihuahuas. And so about two years, um, uh, no, about eight, six months after that, um, my husband went to a, adopt a um, American Staffordshire German Shepherd mix. Um, so we have him. And then Gwen emails me about two days after and says, um, there's these pugs coming from South Korea. I know you just lost your chihuahua. Are you interested in one? And I, I, I thought, well, I think Nash would enjoy having a little buddy. And so I also rescued a South Korean pug. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. And this so is Nala. Nala. Yes. 
Nice. That's so I got Francesca, Cassie, Nash, and Nala. <laughs> so you mentioned your husband has been very supportive during this. Um, oh. is he's he is also the one that told you you should volunteer. So he's very yeah. involved in in the dog's life, obviously, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So David, <laughs> husband David, husband David, um, yes. He, um, he's amazing. Um, without him and his support, I, I would not be able to do the things that we've done for the organization. And I thank him. I thank him. He, Gwen or anybody from the organization texts him, calls him, Hey, there's a pug and shelter East Valley here. Go here. Can you meet us? He will drop everything and go pick up this pug. Um, so this man is amazing. And I thank him for doing this and, Yes, without him, I would not be able to do what I do. Thanks from the pugs, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. What's some advice that you've been giving um, that has been really um, helpful? Pug-related or not? (laughs) Pug-related or not? Oh, let's see. Advice. You know, actually, I just came across somebody who didn't spay her dog and now the dog is pregnant so my advice is spay and neuter it's very important um i don't know if as a community we're latinos we're not sometimes i I talk to people spanish speakers mostly spanish speakers and they're not aware that there's uh, there's programs out there that will help you spay and neuter your dogs so i think that's very important keep keep a the um, population low, pug or not. I think, you know, if you, if I don't know if you've ever walked into even our LA County shelters, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see some of these dogs that just need a home. And um, even though as LA, we're trying to reduce euthanasia and, and that's one of the big goals. But if we don't spay and neuter, that's the main, the main concern here. So I think spay and neuter, that's big one. I actually want to circle back to something you said that a lot of these Spanish speaker speaking individuals don't know about spaying or neuters. So how is Pugnation serving that community? So uh, I'm one of the board members that speaks Spanish. So I am lucky enough to, uh, when I come across anybody that's interested in adopting a pug, usually the way we get the Spanish community to come to us is usually a kid that says mom i saw this dog in men in black or on tv and uh the campaign you know all the movies and that's the type of dog that i want and and then here comes jennifer who speaks spanish because and i translate everything and i i inform them and one of my goals is to actually go in and fill, uh, do an application in Spanish for our community, for them to be able to understand that we we are together and I want them to understand what, you know, is coming across that sometimes they don't get it because it's in English. So it'll be in the language that they understand. Very neat. Super cool. See, I mean, and that's the beauty of having a diverse team spearheading these projects because we tend to see the needs that not many others will be able to because it doesn't affect their lives. And I can say that for myself because as an able-bodied individual, as a citizen, there's all these things that I don't necessarily think about, but when they're brought to my attention, I think, oh, absolutely. Like, what can I do to help? So um, I'm very happy that you're there to to facilitate such a, such a thing. So um, 
With that said, we're going to walk right into my next question, which is how does being de aquí, de allá affected your work and you as an individual? Well, I want to thank my parents because my parents, especially my mom, my mom always told me to never forget my roots. Um, So she always made it a point. Jennifer, you've got to read, write, and speak Spanish. That's just the thing. And um, I just think because of, of that, that I think it opens doors for us in, in, in many ways. Um, maybe a door could be shut here, but if you speak two languages, um, even in my day-to-day work, my regular nine-to-five, um, sometimes you, you encounter people that only speak Spanish and they feel stuck. Um, and here I come and I can just facilitate that for them. Um, again, a pug nation, sometimes you have these children that really want pugs and their moms are like, I don't even know what this is. And can somebody explain this to me? And here I'm translating for them. Um, even just going to the store, sometimes you'll hear a cashier that only speaks English, customer only speaks Spanish and you're there to help them. So to be that he, yeah. It just makes life easier, maybe even for yourself and for others. And that's another way you're reaching to your community. You're helping them. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much. It it really warms my heart knowing that there's individuals like you and organizations like this doing amazing work. So thank you so much for that, Jennifer. And um, we're getting close to that time, but I wanted to know, is there something that you're loving these days that you want to give Cinco Estrellas to? (laughs) Cinco estrellas. So, well, I was thinking about cinco estrellas. ¿A quién le puedo dar cinco estrellas? I'm like, um, well, let's see. Uh, a pugnation. Of course, <laughs> first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, um, and I actually want to point out that right now during the pandemic, it's such a hard time for everybody uh, financially. And I wanted to give cinco estrellas to a good friend that's a manicurist. I get my nails ah, done by her. And she's Latina. And she's from Guatemala. Um, yeah so her her instagram is nail brew if anybody's interested and she's in glitzel park um and she's a fantastic person and she just rescued her first dog so congratulations (laughs) very cool and and he's a, a shepherd husky mix and he's the cutest little thing has one blue eye one green eye uh so she's fantastic and so i give her cinco estrellas Awesome. Um, and I say cinco estrellas to all our small businesses. Support them while they can. Um, I mean, people are struggling, really, really struggling right now. So go to a pupuseria and support them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, And I'll add um, the nail artist information to our show notes so our listeners okay. can get to her information sooner than later so once things open up um they can definitely hit her up for for a good manicure well thank you so much jennifer for taking the time to talk to us and teach us all the good things of being a proper pet guardian not just for pugs because i think that's so important yes thank you for having me on your show thank you for reaching out to me uh i never in a million years did i think anybody would want to talk to me (laughs) oh stop (laughs) awesome all right well we will chat offline and i'll continue to troll you on the internet okay sounds wonderful (laughs) take care be sure to follow at team data on all social platforms that's at T E A M 
D-A-Y-D-A. I'd love to hear your feedback and any topics you'd be interested in hearing. You can send your emails to hello at teamdata.com. Be sure to listen in every Wednesday on your favorite podcast platform, including YouTube, for those who appreciate closed captions. Dental reminder to rate and review the podcast. Five stars only. Thanks, friends, fans, and fam. Until next time.